0: experience online we're so happy you joined us today as you watch this teaching video if you have any questions or need help getting connected please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email also our website is the best place to go if you would like to access helpful growth step resources join a serving team connect in a life group get your questions answered or support this movement financially by giving online at the end of this teaching video you'll hear one of our church experience worship original songs and we hope that gives you the opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned. Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online.
1: How you guys doing? (laughs) Man, last Sunday was so fun to see our grand opening. And thank you guys for being here and inviting your friends and all the work that went into this place. And again, I just want to say thank you Thank you, because so many of you prayed that God would provide this new church a building, and we're, we're setting up in a hotel, and we're, we're, we're putting all of our stuff at the end of every day in storage closets around this hotel, praying, God, give us a building. It would just be so incredible, and now we're, we're sitting in the middle of a miracle, and I'm just so thankful for what God did, not only last Sunday and our grand opening, but what he's continuing to do. And, you know, the Tuesday before last Sunday, we gathered in here with a few dozen of our, our leaders, those who serve and volunteer, which you're invited into that group, by the way. And, and we, we gathered together and I say, guys, this, this grand opening, I know we've all been looking forward to and praying for so long that God would provide a building for us. But I said, this, this is not a finish line. This is a start line. This is just the beginning. God God has been laying a foundation, and for us to get in a building, that's not the end goal. The end goal is for God to build people, and this is just the beginning of that, and we're so excited for what he's doing. So thank you for every one of you who have prayed and and given sacrificially and served to make this happen. Thank you so much. Well, we, uh, we talked about how there's more to come. I believe that's true for our church, but I also believe it's true for you. Jennifer and I, when we were newly married, uh, we went to our, what was my first big musical production in my adult life. And I, I've never been someone who's into musicals, to be honest with you. I mean, I know some of you guys love it. My wife loves that kind of stuff. But when if I'm watching a movie, and they bust out singing, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I'm not a musical person, like, at all. And, and so I, I was trying to love on my wife, and she wanted to go watch the Nutcrackers. So, like, we go there, and we're, we're sitting in the show, and I, I'm i enduring it, to be honest, but I got my girl with me, so I'm happy, and I, I'm enjoying the show, and it's going on. But... But then, like, they, they kind of conclude it, and and they say, all right, you can go out in the lobby and get refreshments and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, cool, all right, that, that wasn't that bad, that wasn't that long. And so I get up, and I start grabbing all my stuff, and, and I'm heading out. to the. And she's like, Brennan, what, what are you doing? Why are you taking your jacket and everything? I'm like, well, that's it, right? She's like, no, that's only intermission, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, that's like halftime, and a sports, you know, sports. It's like halftime. Like, are you serious? There's a whole other half, and so I put a smile on, and we made it. But the, yeah, I, I, I thought it was over, but it wasn't over. It was, it was just, it was just ramping up. And and some of you, you you know, you've come to this place in your life, and 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 maybe it's like, you know, this is as good as it gets. This is, this is as best as, as my relationship will ever be with God, with, with my spouse. You know, this is as, as good as I can ever be. This is as far as I'm going to get. And, and today I want to talk to you about that immeasurably more that I know God has planned for you that he wants to do in your life and in your family and your spiritual life. See, God has more. And you might be getting up ready to walk out on God's plans for your life. Thinking, well, okay, well, that was a good show. And God's like, listen, like the best part is still yet to come. Because I believe he wants to do more. I mean, as as long as God has you here, he has more for you. And I titled today's message, Fighting My Battles in Prayer. Because how you get to that immeasurably more that God wants in your life, the more he wants to do in your family, in your spiritual life, how you get to that is you fight for it. Not in the flesh, but in your spirit. You fight for that in prayer. and You know, I, I so loved teaching last week. On this verse from Ephesians chapter 3. As we talked about a fighting faith. And it's taught from Ephesians 3.12. Where it says. In him. Talking about Jesus. And through faith in him. We may approach God with freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. And with confidence. Say confidence. You know. God wants us to come freely to him. and and, and confidently come before him, knowing that we are are loved by him and valued by him, and he wants to hear our heart as we pour it out before him. And and, and I got to teach on that, and this whole teaching series on prayer is, is called, Jesus Changes Everything. But as I was thinking about this verse, you know how because of Jesus and through the sacrifice of Jesus, I can come freely to the Father, and I thought about, yes, Jesus changes everything, but hold on, Jesus has changed everything not just he does or he will but he already has changed everything because now I can come confidently now I can come freely he he invites me he invites you to prayer he wants you to be close to him to walk with him intimately with him and to know him and and his plan for your life and my hope is is throughout this teaching series and and today that that our prayer life will be strengthened and that we as a church will learn to fight more in prayer, that the battles that God wants us to fight, that we'll fight for those things, for our community, for our families, for the people that we care about, for what he wants to do in our lives, the more. So when we find ourselves fighting a battle, and I would imagine you came in here today and you have battles, whether you've identified them or not, you have battles in your life I, my hope is that you will learn to fight those battles on your knees before the Lord, that you'll fight those battles in prayer. And I, I want to encourage you as we go throughout this message today, you may not feel like you're in a huge battle right now, but, but I know enough about people in and, and my life and the other people's lives I've pastored to know that you will be in a battle one day if you're not in one now. And you'll have people around you that will be going through battles looking to you for help and prayer and support. So I hope that you'll take notes. And I know there's some of you that are, that are still new with us at, at CE. And, and those notes we give you on the way in, I, I hope that's a helpful tool for you. Maybe you don't consider yourself a note taker. But I would encourage you to write down these, at least these lesson points as we go through them. Because I think it'll help you. It'll equip you to apply the message to your life. Or it may be something that you can use to walk a friend through a hard time. So as we talk about fighting our our battles today in prayer, I want to challenge you to get the most out of this message by thinking through the battle that you might be fighting right now. When Jennifer and I were 19 years old, we were living in Southern California, and we were just starting to date. And sometimes we would take Highway 8 off the Las Coches exit in East County, San Diego, El Cajon. We'd drop down into the valley, and you could see as you drop down off this exit, you could see up on this mountainside, you, you could see these trees and the, the way the sun hit them and the shadows on the rocks. You could see what her and her two siblings would tell me looked like a face on, on the rock. But being an out-of-towner, I, I didn't recognize it. They grew up there, and they and they saw that dozens of times, and they'd say, oh, yeah, you can't see the face. And, like, the first, I don't know, 15 times I, I took that drop off of Highway 8 down into the valley, I, I couldn't see it. And they said, it's, it's right there, and I'm like... But I don't see, what are you talking about? It's kind of like the first time someone says, hey, do you, do you see that constellation up there in the stars? And you're like, nope, <laughs> I don't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. And then it takes a while, then you start to you start to identify it. And by the end of that summer, I, I took that exit so many times, I could see it. I was like, oh, okay, I see. Oh, there's the nose, and there's the mouth. I, I see what you're talking about. And, and I, I don't think that with our natural eye we see the spiritual battles happening in our lives as they occur. I think it takes spiritual maturity over time. I think it takes experience. But, but there is, make no mistake about it, there's battles going on in your life because, because God is for you, but there's someone who's against you, and that's the devil. And he's trying to destroy every good work that God wants to do in your life and in the relationships that you care about. And, and there's battles happening for your soul and the souls of people around you. He's trying to unwind your marriage, and he's trying to unwind your ability to raise godly children, and he's trying to unwind any good thing that God would want to do in your life and in your soul. And, and as the devil is, is attacking, the Lord is fighting for you, and he, and he wants the best for you, so there's a spiritual battle going on, but I don't think we identify it. I don't think we can see it. It's like, okay, I, 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 don't, I don't quite see it, but the more you walk with the Lord, and the, and the closer you are to him, you can start to pick out The areas where there's battles in your life going on. And if you think about it, a battle is usually, if you think of a military campaign, battles are are usually not haphazard, just they accidentally occur. They're usually over a strategic position where someone attacks a specific area strategically in hopes of if they win that battle, they can win a larger war. And the larger war in your life is, of course, number one, your soul. And then number two, all that God wants to do through your life to bring light into the darkness in this world. And the devil knows that if he can stop you, he can stop all the good that God wants to do through your life. So there's a huge war at play for your life, for your future, for every life that you could touch throughout the rest of your life. It's Make no mistake about it, it's a massive war. And there's these battles that occur along strategic battle lines where the devil would like to to, to get in and ruin your character and get you to compromise or or tempt you to fall into sin and and disqualify you from what he's wanting to do in your life. I mean, there's so many areas where there's a strategic battle for a key relationship or something that God wants to do in your life. And and, and the more you walk with the Lord, you can start to see those. A a good friend and a mentor of mine, Pastor Darren Shesky, he says that, that the devil always overplays his hand. And over time, you can start to see those areas. Yeah, that's, that's not a coincidence. That's, that's, the, that's the enemy trying to stop what God's wanting to do in my life. And, and once you start to identify where those battles are, you have a better chance of victory. So let me ask you, where do you think the battles are in your life right now? Where's the enemy trying to stop the progress that God wants to bring in your life? Where, where are those battlefields? Because we're going to go on and for the rest of this message, talk about how to win those battles. But if you're not thinking about the battles that could be going on in your life, then this message isn't going to really take hold like it needs to. Because you need to win these battles. So where are those battles? Ephesians 6.12 says our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against it the spiritual forces. It, it's, it's the spiritual forces of evil in this world. And... And God is wanting to win the battle, but it's not something you see with your eyes. It's something that you sense and you know of in the spiritual realm. And so those battles that we're going to talk about, I couldn't think of a better way to talk about the spiritual battles that occur than by looking at a real battle that actually happened. A real, real war that took place. And in Deuteronomy chapter 20, I want to go back and look at this passage of Scripture. It's literally titled, Going to War. It's talking about an actual war, but there's some principles here that we can learn and God is speaking to his people. And I want to begin in verse one. He says, when you go to war against your enemies and God's people would often fight against these evil, wicked nations and there was different battles that you see throughout the Old Testament and he's speaking here against their enemies and and he says, when you see horses and chariots an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. When you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army, and he shall say, Here, Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not panic or be terrified by them. Why? Verse 4. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. So so here he's saying there's going to be times where you feel outnumbered. And, and, and you, might, you might come in that, that way today. You, you might have crashed into your seat, and you, you might have felt outnumbered, out, outgunned, out, outmatched, and, and you feel overwhelmed. And, and here he's saying, you know, you're going to be outnumbered. But listen, God is stronger than your enemy. It doesn't matter how strong your enemy is, God is stronger. And you, and you, have, an, you have an enemy that's very strong. The devil's very strong. In fact, he's, he should know this. He's stronger than you, you alone. He's much stronger. So don't be surprised when, in the thick of battle, you feel outnumbered, surrounded, outmatched. Some of you are saying, I just don't think I can carry the load that I have in my life right now. It's overwhelming. What I'm up against, Brandon, you have no idea. And the, the, the doctor's report I got, the, the, the state of my relationship, the, my, my, my hopes that have been crushed. You know, I feel so lonely. I'm depressed. Brandon, You have no idea what I'm up against, and I don't. But listen, God does, and what he would say to you today is, don't be surprised when you feel outnumbered, when you feel overwhelmed. Notice what it says here in verse three and four. It says we're told not to be faint-hearted, afraid, terrified, not to panic. And and I notice like all of those are our natural responses in war. You know, if you're stepping into a battle. And you're facing an enemy. I don't know what the enemy is in your life today, what that would look like. But those are our most natural responses, to feel faint-hearted. Our hearts just faint away within us because we see the strength. And here he's talking about a physical army. Like when you see their chariots, when you see their, their army coming at you, don't, don't be faint-hearted. Don't, don't be overwhelmed by that. Don't be terrified. All these natural instincts. Why would I not be that way? I mean, doesn't it make sense to be overwhelmed and afraid? It does in the flesh. But he, he says, don't be. Why not? Two things. One, he goes with us into battle. Did you notice that? He, he's, he's going with you in the battle. So you're not alone. It literally says he's with you. So, so in your battles that you face or the, the people that you care about, as you're going into those battles, know you don't go alone. The Lord is with you. And I, no matter how long I walk with the Lord, I have to always keep coming back to that. Like, like That's probably one of the most important things for me to never forget. Whatever battle I'm in, whatever season of life I'm in, the Lord is with me. And if I'm not aware of his presence, then I'm not going to have a great prayer life because I'm going to think God's out there somewhere instead of right here. And, and, and he's here and he's accessible. Where we started Ephesians 3, like he's come freely, confidently. He's right there. He's available to you. So this is great news. He's there. He's with me. So, so don't be afraid because the Lord Almighty, all-powerful God is with me all the time. And then two, he says, don't be afraid because he gives the victory. He's the one that gives the victory. So, so the victory does not rest in your own abilities or your strength, your intellect, because listen, you're already outmatched. We started there. The devil's smarter than you. He's a deceiver. He's the, the Bible calls him the father of lies. So on your own, left to your own, he, he, he will destroy and devour. But with God, you can overcome. The emphasis here is to not be afraid because of what the Lord has done. And I think our natural emphasis is, is we get afraid because we focus on self and we focus on our situation. We, we, we stare at the battle and we, we stare at, at the, the ferociousness of our enemy, whatever it is that we're facing, and, and we say, look how bad it is. Or we start to self-doubt and we get insecure and instead of looking at the battle and say how bad the battle is, we look at ourselves. and the devil would love to do this to you, get you all insecure and look at yourself and not, not just say how bad the battle is, but, but how weak I am. how how terrible I am. I I can't do this. But instead of looking at your situation and saying how bad my situation is and saying, oh man, how how unmatched I am, instead of getting our eyes on ourselves or our situation, I think the Lord would have us look as it says here, look to him, look to God and notice how powerful our God is. That my God is stronger than any storm I face. My God is bigger than any battle that I'm in. So, if I can keep my eyes on Him, then I cannot fear. Then I cannot be terrified because my hope is in Him. He brings the victory, not me. But if I'm looking at myself or I'm looking at my situation, then I'm gonna be discouraged. But if I can lift my eyes up and say, God, you are with me. God, you are stronger than this battle, and God, you're for me. So, so I know I can have victory in you because with Jesus, I'm not defeated, I'm victorious. And with Jesus, I'm not on the losing side, I'm winning. And with Jesus, I'm not beaten down. I'm a conqueror. But you know the devil, the Bible describes him in Peter. It says that, that he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Have, have you ever thought about that? Like that he's trying to devour you. What does devour mean? That's, that's total destruction. That's like chew you up and spit you out. I mean, he's trying to devour The good things that God's doing in your life, he's trying to destroy. But it's not just that there's an enemy that's against us. We have to focus on the fact that in that battle, it's not us versus the enemy. It's there's a God for us that wants to bring victory into our lives. And so in your teaching notes, write this down. Jesus is fighting for me. And I battle along with him in prayer. This is at the core of what a lot of prayer is. Sure, there's, there's communion with God, and we'll talk about that, and there's that relationship. But man, in, in prayer, a lot of it is, we're battling for God's will to be done in this world, in our lives. Jesus is fighting for me, and I battle along with him in prayer. You know, I, I think I started to see prayer a little differently uh, during my time at 12 Stone Church in Atlanta when I was preparing to move down here to church plant. And uh, my mentor, Pastor Kevin Myers, uh, he's well known for praying with a sword. And PK will, will literally walk around the church and he'll hold a, a, a legit sword in his hands. Like, you would not want to just casually visit that church that day when he's walking around. You walk in the lobby, you know, I'm just checking this church out. And there's the pastor walking through with this huge sword. Whoa, I'm going to go check out a different church, right? Be a little intimidating. But, but he's done this for, like, years. Like, he'll carry around this prayer sword and, and it's intense. He has it hanging on the wall. In fact, a lot of his pastors, they had these swords hanging on their wall. Like, when you first go, you're like, that's incredible. And... And the reason why is not just because it's this cool idea. It's was, because it was he wanted to be reminded of that prayer is the battle. And when we stepped out to launch uh, Church Experience, uh, I, I felt so honored. Uh, we were in their staff meeting, and they probably have 200 employees at the church that work there in this church up in Atlanta. And they, they all gathered together in this room. And, and, and as they were sending me out, uh, PK said, uh, Brandon, I want you to come up here. And he, he pulled out his personal prayer sword, and he handed it to me. He said, I'm giving this on loan to you for one year. <laughs> He's like, I want it back in a year, but this is to go with you to fight the battles that you'll need to fight. And he knew we were moving into unknown to us territory with nobody going with us, a couple other families. And we're going into to begin what looked like an impossible battle. But what he knew, and I had to borrow some of his faith, is that, that with God for us, even though it looked impossible in, in the flesh, that God would bring the victory, that God would change the lives, that God would empower us and equip us and resource us and everything that needed to happen for lives to be transformed, and for a new church to be birthed. He knew that there was an enemy that was, would try to stop, with everything he can, a new church being formed. Why? Because a church is a, a beacon of light. It's a lighthouse. It, it changes and transforms lives. It raises up the next generation of believers. It's it salt and light the community. I mean, it's such a good thing, and, and he knew that there would be an enemy trying to stop that, and so he said, take the sword. And then it was so cool, and when that year, we moved out in January 2014 and in December of that year, my birthday, we just had our third preview service and we were getting ready to launch in January of 2015. And a few of the the leaders that had kind of gathered now at this new church that was forming, they got together. And on my birthday, December 4, we had a uh, worship night that just happened to be planned on that night. And so someone got a cake because, you know, that was like my birthday happened to fall on that night and we're hanging out. And so, and they say, and Brandon, we got you a gift. Yeah, we all kind of came together and got you something. And they, they handed me my own sword. Uh, and, and I knew I had to give PK's sword back to him real soon. And I was, I was like overwhelmed, like that is the perfect gift, you guys. That's so cool. And, and I pulled it out, and, and I didn't know what kind of sword it was, but they sent me a video, and this is, this is like a legit sword. I'm not kidding. Like, this thing can cut through, like I don't even know, like concrete probably. It's, it's amazing. And I hold this thing. It's intimidating. And, I, and now I'll, I'll, I'll have this pattern while i walk around my house, and I'm praying for you guys. And I begin my prayers, and, and, I, and I say, God, I'm holding this sword because it reminds me that in prayer I'm battling in prayer. And God, it reminds me that you're fighting for me in prayer. And my kids, I just pray they don't wake up because I do it when they're asleep because I don't want to walk around, around the house and say, Dad, what are you doing? Are you okay? Should I run? But I'll always end my prayer time, and I'm praying for you, I'm praying for our church, I pray for my family, and I'll get down on my knees, and I'll have my Bible in one hand, and I'll have my sword in the other hand, and I do this all the time, and, I, and, and I, I'm just saying, God, would you please, would you please pour out your blessing on this church? Would you, would you win those battles in our lives? God, would you, would you raise up people to love you and follow you and bring us a regional spiritual revival in our city? And, and, and I'm begging God to do greater things in our church, and our family, and our community. And I have a little preaching prayer that I have in the inside of of my Bible. And I sit there on my knee and I, and I pray through that prayer for you guys before I preach. And I just ask that God will, will use me, a flawed, normal person, that God would flow through me, a, a, just be a vessel that he'll speak through. And that he'll win battles in your life and in mine through his, through his ability, not mine. And, and I believe that in prayer, that's where the victories are won. And, and, and I just wonder, I just wonder if we take prayer too casually. This reminds me not to take prayer lightly. This reminds me that prayer is a battle. What are the battles in your life? Once you identify the battles, you have a better chance of winning them. When you recognize that Jesus wants to win those battles for you, October or December 15, 2017, our family was driving down Tampa Road we are headed toward US-19, and we, we pulled into Lake St. George, uh, that neighborhood. We were at the traffic light, and we had our four kids in the back, and we were heading over to the Johnson family's house. Uh, Kevin Johnson's our tech team leader, one of our worship, or one of our leadership team members. We are going to go over there and pick up him and a few others, and we we're going to go out together, and we we're going to drop all the kids off at their house. And and right before we were turning left to go into the neighborhood, I was driving and my phone was attached up to the dashboard and a message came through. And, and before I turned, I was still sitting still at the light. Instead of turning, which it was my turn to go, I, I just quick glanced at the screen. And I don't even remember what the message was, but I, I just, it was just a quick pause. And, and I, I looked at the screen and, then, and I ignored it and then, and then I kept going. Right as I started to go, I had to slam my brakes on because although we had a green light, there was a red light coming th- from the other direction. This big dark truck came flying through the red light. I mean, just choof, like flying right through the red light. We're, we're stopped right there, like, like literally stopped. We start to go, that truck misses us by like two feet. Had, had I not got the message, had that not been a, a brief delay, we would have been in the middle of the intersection and he would have just plowed right into us probably 50 miles an hour. My kids, my wife right there. I mean, I don't want to think about what could happen. And, and now for us, that's like a prayer memorial. Every time we go past that intersection, which we, we take that weekly, we drive down that road. We're going through that intersection. We th- say, God, thank you for your protection. There's so many times that we had no idea that, that, that you protected us when you did. There's times when we've seen it, like that's for example. But, but, but there's battles going on in your life all the time. And for us, those battles are won by prayer. And I looked back at my journal when I, was, when I was looking up this story because I wanted to know when the date was. And I wanted to remember it. And I talked to Jennifer. You remember that time and you know how we always pray about that. And, and, and I, I kind of hesitated to even share this because I don't, it's not like, oh, man, look, that, that was because you were being real spiritual because it could have gone either way. But, but I look back in the first words in my journal. I've journaled every day that I've lived in Florida. And I just—it's something I do every day at the end of the day. And I, I look back on the journal entry there on December fifteenth, twenty seventeen. And the, the first line on that day—the last line was: "This guy blew through their light, almost hit our family. Thank God." The first line says: you know, "I fasted until dinner time today, and I and I prayed today. And I, I just had a, a thing I was doing at the time—you know, a weekly thing where I, one day a week I'd, I'd fast in the morning and, and through through dinner time that night, and I would use, take some special time out to pray that day. And and maybe you'd say that's a coincidence, but maybe not." Maybe God's hand was there in a special way. Maybe that delay that came up, that message, maybe that was God's hand as i have been begging God. I don't know what my prayers were like that day, but I guarantee I was praying for my family and God's blessing and protection over our family. I was praying for you guys, our church, and, and, and I don't know. I, I don't know how God works and the mystery of all of it and why he allows certain things to happen sometimes and not other times, and we've had our share of heartbreaks, and, but we've had victories, and how God works through all that, I can't tell you, but what I can tell you is I'm not going to give up fighting in prayer. Because I've seen God do the miraculous, and I know he wants to do amazing things in your life and help you win those battles, but the battles are won through prayer, and and this point here is so important, if you could just sit on that, and that's all you got today, Jesus is fighting for me, I need to know that, And, and how I win is I battle along with him in prayer. And by the way, you guys are in my continual prayers, and if I could be so selfish to ask for your prayers, I'd ask you to pray for me and for my family. As we try to lead the church, I believe we probably are a target of the because I think if he could run something in our life, maybe that would impact something in our church. And I'd ask you not to just pray for us, but pray for all those who are serving and leading life groups and serving teams and pray for God's work in this community, not just our church, all of his kingdom that it'll grow and expand. And I believe in our collective prayer, there's such power. Well, let's move on. So... This question becomes, you know, when do I and how do I identify the battle? And once I identify the battle in my life, how do I respond? What do I actually do? So, Brandon, okay, I think I can see there's a battle going on in my life. What do I do about that? How do I respond? How do I I live and exist in that? And I would point you to another Old Testament passage in Exodus where there's another battle going on. This is the battle that should have been won because God's people were freed from captivity in Israel, and they were set free, and they were going through uh, toward their promised land. But they get to a big obstacle, and this, this is now their battle. There's this huge sea in front of them. There's an army from Egypt coming after them, behind them, trying to take them back to captivity. Maybe, maybe you're, that's your battle today. God set you free from something, but you look in the rearview mirror, and you see it coming after you f- full speed. And you don't know how you're going to get away from it, but you, you, that thing in your past, that, that situation, you know, that, that character trait that you thought you had handled, your anger problem, whatever it is, and you're like, man, I, just, I feel it. It's, it's, it's coming after me. This is exactly where God's people were. They have a sea in front of them. There's an army approaching behind them, and, and there's just such an interesting couple of verses here. I want to point out in Exodus 14, verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. There it is again. Don't be afraid. See, fear is just crippling when you're in a battle. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So so there it is again, in a different place, a different time, a different group of people. Listen, like the Lord will fight for you. But... Interestingly, it doesn't stop there. It goes on. He says, you only need to be still. But then this is really just blows me away, verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? <laughs> Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. So there's, there's kind of two different messages here. Don't you think that? I mean, I, I, this kind of like confuses me. He says, hey, the, the Lord will fight for you, verse 14. Okay, so we've been talking about that. You only need to be still. And that's kind of how we picture it. I go into my prayer closet. I pray God fights for me, and that's how the battle's won. But then the Lord almost seems to contradict that in verse 15. Why are you crying out to me? Why, why are you still sitting there praying about this? Like you know, tell the Israelites move on, raise your staff, stretch out your hand, move forward. Come on. Don't just sit around like, come on, let's go. And, and it kind of reminds me of this, the classic story of the evangelist D.L. Moody. He's on a ship crossing the, the Atlantic Ocean and the, the ship catches on fire and, and, and he goes in the bucket passing line, which they were doing that day, and they're they're dipping the buckets in the ocean and they're passing it down the line and throwing it on the fire to save their lives. And DL's in the line passing the bucket and, and, and the, the the prayer partner this traveling with him over to Europe comes up to him and says deal come on let's go let's go pray and pray for God's protection that's what we really need to do and he says he says no I'm, we're going to stand here and pray while we pass buckets there's this there's this amazing and spiritual intersection of our faith and our action no, we're going to pray but we're also going to work we're going to work and we're going to pray it's it's our it's our actions our work but it's also our faith and our prayer and so so how? how how do I navigate through my battle how do I know if it's time to wait and pray more and be still or if it's time to step up and fight and go and move forward. How do I know I'm trying to discern God's direction in my life? And, and, it, and it really is interesting here when you see him say both to Moses here. And he says, well, we'll wait, but then also step up and, and step forward. And, you know, when, when you face your, your biggest challenges personally, how do you know if it's time to wait on the Lord or if it's time to move forward? You know, I think we all naturally have a predisposition in our posture. Uh, I think some of us probably are more uh, on the aggressive side, some of us are more on the passive side. And, and I think this can, can come into our spiritual lives when, when we're, we're trying to sort out the battles in our life. Sometimes we can be too aggressive, and that might be your natural. You, you just try to take it into your own hands, secure control, make it happen. I'm going to do it. And then sometimes people can be too passive, and they can wait and say, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. And I heard uh, Pastor Erwin McManus say, you know, a lot of times we claim we're waiting on God when he's waiting on us. And so we just wait, and God's like, well, what are you waiting for? I've, I've already given you my word, what you need to do. I'm waiting on you to just kind of move forward. And so there's this, this tension, and I'll just ask you, which one is your natural propensity? Are you a little too aggressive sometimes, and you, you might need to work on the waiting on God part? Or are you sometimes too passive, and, and you need to work on the fighting part, and I need to step into the battle and not be afraid? You know, I read recently, that sometimes we just need to get out of God's way and get under his will. And I like that statement because I think that sometimes, if if you tend to struggle on the too aggressive side you 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 might struggle because you're you're praying for God's will, but you're also simultaneously trying to make your will happen. People that are aggressive are t- usually have a plan and they're working their plan. I know how I'm going to win the battle, and they got a plan i I know how to I'm, they're going they they're they're marching ahead they're they're moving forward okay, there's a sea here, let's build some boats and God might not want you to build boats God might want his will might be that he splits the sea, something you don't see, so you can walk right through it and that was his plan here at this time so when, when we struggle on that side of things, we have to we have to learn to pull back and pray first, and trust first, and, and ask God for His direction. You know, I I think some of us might might struggle in this area because there's a misunderstanding of what it looks like to follow Jesus. That we think that life should always be victory after victory after victory. That there should just be uh, constant highlights that we're comfortable. And you know, I was kind of thinking this through how, you know, I, I love basketball. I've always been a basketball fan, played in high school, and I, I just love following sports, but I don't have the time with four kids and leading a church plant and all these things. I just don't have time. We don't have cable anyway, so I, I don't get to follow the games like I would probably want to, and I discovered maybe a year or two ago just the coolest thing that on YouTube I can watch the highlights from a basketball game, and, and someone out there, this is a thing, they, they'll go into a game, and they'll, they'll take the whole recorded game for the might last an hour and a half, two hours, and they'll only clip the, the points. So if someone shoots a three, they got that five seconds. If someone dunks it, there's like the two seconds there. They And so you can watch an entire game in like nine minutes and, and they do this every game. And so I got a couple of favorite teams that I'll, I'll follow and then I'll know they had a big game and so I'll, I'll get on if I have time and I'll, I'll watch the nine minute thing and so I had time for that and, and that was kind of fun. But, but I was thinking about, you know, this could be misleading because let's say somebody has never been to an NBA basketball game. Maybe they've never sat through an entire game and they've been following. There's like thousands of people that watch these highlights and, and maybe they've been following all these years, these highlights and then someone gives them tickets to the Orlando magic and they go watch the Magic over in Orlando. They go watch them battle LeBron or Curry. And they're over there and they're they're, they're they're sitting there and they're so excited and they're ready for their 10 minutes of action. But then then the game starts and there's there's all this waiting. There's waiting for the announcers. There's timeout breaks. There's people getting fouled. And, and their favorite player is not making every shot like they do on the highlight reel. Like they're missing like half their shots. Like these guys aren't that good. Like on YouTube, they make everything. You know, it's like in real life, they miss all their shots. And there's, there's fouls, there's injuries. Injuries, there's there's halftime, there's breaks between the periods, there's all this waiting, 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 and they're there for hours, they're they're in the parking lot, they're like, this is not as exciting as what I thought it was, when I watched it on YouTube, it was just... It was basket, basket, point, point, victory. Was, That's was all it was, but now there's this waiting. That sometimes there's a missed shot, there's these fouls, there's these injuries. And, and I, I think that real life is more like that, that we have this impression that following Jesus is like, I follow him, and there's no more problems, and it's victory. It's things come easy, and, and the, the battles are won just like that. But listen, when you're following Jesus, it means you will be victorious in the end. Yes, you will win. <laughs> you, you are a winner in him. You, you are a conqueror in him. But listen, that doesn't mean that you won't struggle. Struggle in battles that there won't be some losses, some setbacks. Jesus said, in this world, you will have problems. So I wonder if some of us are imagining life like a highlight reel. And maybe we're watching somebody else's highlight reel but we're unaware of all the things that are happening behind the scenes and we're unaware of all the struggles and we're unaware of all the challenges and we're expecting life if we follow Jesus to look so glorious and that and reality, it's, it's a little bit messy and bloody at times because it's a battle. Are you expecting the battles to come too easy? Because some on this more passive side might struggle with this in Exodus chapter 14. We'll put this verse up here on the screen for you, but in Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, when he says to be still, he says, to wait on me, Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, the Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still. But yet, he says, to go, to move forward. Why are you crying out to me? So that there, is, there is both I see in this. Jesus fights for me, and I'm instructed to do something, to move ahead into my battle. So, 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 so what's your struggle, and what's your next action step? Is it, need, is it a need for you to, to step forward, to fight, or to pull back and pray? if you struggle with being passive and you may be taking life as it comes and maybe for that's for you that's a challenge and you say, well, I have some fractured relationships that need healing, but I, but I, don't, I don't know and I have you know, a child that, that I'm praying for salvation for and, and maybe there's some pain in my life or there's a, a problem in my life or something that I'm trying to get free from. Um, for, you, for you, if, the, if the, the challenge is being passive and you're saying, well, I'm waiting for God to deliver me and you're praying and you're saying, but God will take care of it. I would just propose to you the faith I see in the Bible, although there is a lot of waiting and praying on God, I, I, I think that there's a lot of stories that you would be remiss to overlook. Stories of great men and women of God who said, yes, I'm waiting on God. Yes, I'm praying in faith, but I'm also going to do something. I'm not just going to take life as it is. I mean, if you think about where our history would be in the faith if it wasn't for someone like Nehemiah. Nehemiah said, "Well, there's this wall broken down, somebody needs to do something and he stood up and and he started to make it happen on behalf of the Lord, and, and he had adversity against him, and he said, I'm, if you know the story, he said, I'm not coming down until this wall is done. There's some tenacity there. What about David, who walked in, and there's this whole there's a whole army, and they're being taunted by this Goliath, and, and he says, somebody needs to do something. This guy needs to be taken down. I'm going to do it, and he stepped up. He was aggressive, and he went for it. What about Esther, who saw her, her, whole, her whole tribe, her whole clan, her whole people group, the Israelites, on the verge of being annihilated, and, and she courageously stepped up, and, and it risk to her own life stood before the king and begged for the life of her people and God saved them through her what about Gideon with only a few hundred went up against many thousands and battled for God I mean what what about the great stories of the prophets who spoke on behalf of God at risk to their own lives or the the disciples who gave of their lives to follow in Jesus footsteps what about a Joshua who led God's people into the, the promised land and and conquered city after city not being content with where they were but following God in faith to where he wanted to take them here's all I'm saying if you struggle sometimes with just taking life as it is and it's, it's gotta be peaceful and I just want the highlights you might be missing out on the great victories God wants to bring in your life because you're not willing to go to battle God wants to win the battles in your life and he wants to bring victory so is it possible maybe that you're waiting on God when he's saying listen stop crying out to me this is what he told Moses be still wait on me and you need that first but stop. Hey, Moses just stop crying out to me tell the people to go raise up your staff come on there's a victory to be won there's a victory to be won. So the answer in the end is both, and I put it this way in your teaching notes. Wait and pray while fighting forward. Wait and pray while fighting forward. Both are needed. So what do I need? Well, I need both. So it's more of a question of what, what time is it? What season is it for me? You know, when you go to a doctor, he diagnoses the problem and probably gives you a prescription. And go take this medicine. and it'll help you feel better. But he doesn't follow you home. Make sure that you go get the medicine and make sure you take. He's not sitting there across your kitchen counter. and You take this twice a day, and you'll feel better in a week. Now, he, he entrusts you to do your role, and God works the same way. He, you go to him for the answer, but then he equips you to go and live it out. I want to look at one more passage today in Romans chapter 8 and give you another lesson before we wrap this up. And, and I think this could be potentially one of the most helpful tools for us if we're wanting to win the battles in faith in our life. And it comes from Romans 8, down in verse 31, and I just want to read you a few pieces of this great passage. It says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, talking about Jesus, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Down in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? So, can the battles separate me from him? No, his love is with me. And then down in verse 37, it says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. That's battle language. A conqueror is someone who's winning a battle. We're more than conquerors through him. Like, he, he's the one that helps us win those battles. The Father is for us. And, I mean, it makes a huge difference in our life when we can come to the place to realize we're in a battle. But then realize that we're not alone in that battle. There's someone that's fighting for us. There's someone who wants to help us through that battle. And to illustrate this last lesson before I hand it to you, I, I, I got to tell you something that happened to me, a crazy experience. It, it almost became tragic. I was teaching a, a friend of mine to surf. And we were at La Jolla Beach in San Diego, and and, and he had never surfed before, and and, he, and he's kind of a broad-shouldered, bigger guy, bigger than me. And, and I, I invited him to surf, and I got him out on a longboard. And we were out in the water, and I was trying to show him what to do. And he kinda, I got it, and so he kind of went out in the waves. And, and I, and I kind of lost track of him a little bit as I was surfing. And, and he was kind of getting the hang of it. And, and I noticed that he had kind of drifted further out than me. And so I kind of swam out to him on my board and, and paddled out to him. And we're out there kind of beyond the lineup, and, and we're out in the waves. And, and now we're out further than waves, and I realized we have got stuck in a riptide. And the tide's pulling us out to sea. And so I'm like, hey, man, we got to swim back. We're in, we're in a riptide. And he didn't even know what that was, but he's like, all right, come on. So he started paddling. Well, if you're in a riptide, you know not to swim directly to shore. You have to swim sideways and get out of the riptide. Then you swim back in. Well, he'd already been paddling for quite some time. He'd been fighting this. And he goes, I, I just can't do it anymore. My, my arms are jello. I, I don't think I can, I can paddle any longer. And I said, "Well, man, you can't give up. We're just going to get keep getting pulled out to sea, and you got to keep fighting. And come on!" And, and he's like, "I can't do anymore." So I grabbed his board. And I'm trying to I'm trying to pull him in, but you know, again, he's a bigger guy, so I'm, I'm try- I can't get him in. So I'm I'm paddling. I'm trying to paddle for both of us. It's a losing battle. Thankfully, a lifeguard notices our situation. And, and these guys, you know, this is what they do. And, you know, these guys are ripped, you know. It's like, I'm already jealous anyway. you already got to come be the hero in our story. And he comes paddling out through the waves, not even phasing him, just like going on right over his head. He comes out, he grabs a hold of him, attaches his board, he paddles through. Oh, come on, just make me look terrible. You know, and, and he just paddles him real easily back to shore. And I follow them, you know, like a little puppy dog. You know, it's like, okay, well, I'm glad you saved my friend. Thank you for doing that. But, but when he was in the middle of that, that moment, I, I remember telling him, hey, just stay calm because he was starting to panic he saw that we were getting sucked out the ocean This the first time in a riptide and this is terrifying and he's getting pulled out into sea he has no strength his arms are so tired and I said to him the thing that you never want to say some to somebody who's in that situation I said hey don't worry man just stay on your board and you're not going to drown <laughs> I was like, I just, don't use that word when someone has got the fear in their mind it's made it worse but but I'm like man, listen you got to keep you got to keep fighting now, now, maybe in, in your, your battle, you feel like you're losing, but I, what I would say to you, listen, there's, there's a couple ways that God might save you. But neither one of them are going to happen if you give up. And God might save you because he might have you go back into that battle and fight differently. Listen, you've been going at it like this. You need to go at it like this because, because you're going to wear yourself out doing this. You need to go get, seek some counsel. You need to seek some advice. You need to get some help. And, and, and listen, by the way, I, I'm devastated to hear, I've heard multiple times where people throughout my ministry, they've, they've gone and got help from a, like a secular counselor, someone who's not a believer, and it ended up being destructive to their marriage or their situation because they got someone trying to be helpful, but they got advice that was not ultimately helpful because it didn't come from a Christian framework. And that's why I love referencing uh, Winning at Home Ministries, which is a counseling ministry in our church. And on the way out today, you'll see there's a little card on that table on the way out, and you can reach out to Winning Hope and Hope and get help, but they actually have a premarital event coming up. And a lot of the battles that I've counseled people through are marriage battles. And they have an event there on the table. You can get that information that'll help equip you if that's something you would like help in. We actually scholarship people all the time for free counseling if if they can't afford it. Because you're a church experience, if you reach out to them and say, I'm a part of church experience, they'll counsel you for the the session, like half price of what it normally is, like 50 bucks. But sometimes God might need you to get help and direction so you, you fight a different way. But sometimes through you fighting in prayer, Maybe God will send a miracle. Maybe God will part the sea. And like he did for my friend, he'll send the help that you needed that was out of sight at the time. But you won't win the battle if you give up. You might have to fight differently and seek help and get advice. You might have to keep fighting until he sends a miracle. I don't know what your battle is and what your story is gonna be. But I can tell you this, there's a huge difference between quitting and surrendering. And in your teaching notes, this is the final lesson, write this down, surrender every battle to Jesus then never stop fighting. Surrender every battle to Jesus, then never stop fighting. And as the band comes out, I'm gonna close in a different way today. I wanna ask you to stay seated and they're gonna sing this song about surrender and how we fight our battles in in prayer. And and as they sing this song, I'm hoping that you will take the battle in your life and you'll bring it to the Lord right now in prayer that maybe you wanna bow your head, close your eyes, maybe you wanna sing along. But this is a time for you and the Lord to bring that battle because here's, here's the thing, we, we can't win our battles unless we're surrendered to him. We need his help. He's the one that wins the battle. But surrendering is not the same as quitting. Don't quit on your battle because it's hard. But you need to surrender it. So what do I do, Brandon? Do I fight? Do I wait? Here's the first step. You surrender it. Surrender it to the Lord in prayer. Wait on him. And then you fight forward and never stop fighting. Right on.
0: Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today.
2: Calling us to Drawing us near, invited to your kingdom, living in your freedom. In love you came here, laying down your glory.